Hi everyone, welcome to Solis. My name is Iona and this is my podcast where I bring light to social justice issues. I know it's been a wee while since I have uploaded an episode, it's just been so busy with exams and summer has been crazy but I'm really excited to be back with a bang with this episode. Um, It's something that I'm really passionate about and I'm here with Louise to talk about poverty in Northern Ireland, um, sort of food poverty, talking about food banks and specifically her work with the larder. So hi Louise, um, could you tell hi, us Anna. three fun facts about yourself just so we can get to know you a wee bit? Okay, three fun facts. This, this proves just how boring I am. <laughs> but um, okay, fun fact number one, I love a good podcast. Um, mm. I'm constantly have podcasts on the go. So um that's good that's good sign that's good sign I thought so uh number two was I used to have my own little um ironing and cleaning business so I was an ironing and cleaning lady for many years while the children were small um yeah I'm a bit of a, a clean freak so I do love a good session ironing and watching tv or listening to a podcast or something so actually it is therapeutic it is therapeutic to do like cleaning while you're watching something it really is. It really is. But you'd be amazed at what people actually asked me to iron. I was like, I would not even <laughs> have bothered. But yeah, the things I ironed are something else. Um, and the third thing, which kind of was kind of relevant at the moment in all that good weather, is I absolutely detest the beach. Controversial, I know. Yeah. Can do it in the winter, but summertime, not for me. Too much sand, too many people. Um yeah no don't like the beach. I respect that I respect <laughs> that you know because the beach I feel like everyone just go like everyone flocks there when it gets warm especially in Northern Ireland but sometimes it's just too busy I like it for like maybe a wee walk in the evening or something but spending the day at the beach isn't my favorite thing either so I respect that a lot <laughs> thank you Iona <laughs> <laughs> just validating that there for you <laughs> Um, so this question I always ask my um, guests on the podcast um, what is something that has brought light into your life recently I always used to ask what's something that's brought light into your life during like COVID-19 but I, it is still a thing obviously but it's just our lives are so different now and we're kind of detached from it a wee bit so what is just something that's brought light into your life recently oh well the thing this is really unexpected for me to say this because I'm not a huge um animal lover or dog lover but we did get a dog um just at the end of lockdown he was a rescue a springer spaniel called finn and um finn has brought me so much joy i have to say mm-hmm. he's an absolute dote now and th- this is both sad and happy but unfortunately um finn has a condition called di- dilated cardiomyopathy i have to get that right so he's not going to live to be very old so he's only two now and he thinks maybe less than a year but we have all these tablets and medications to give him and that poor dog <laughs> makes me smile every time because he's all these tablets and yet he thinks i'm giving him a treat i mean he gets so excited when the tablets come out he sits, he'll give you his paw, he'll do all his tricks to get his tablets. And it just, oh, it just brings me so much joy <laughs> when I see him, that poor soul. Um, but he's great. He's a great dog. And uh, yeah, 
Oh wee dogs buddy. just bring so much joy, honestly. Like they're just wee, wee angels. And I think it gets you out as well, like just on a walk or whatever, or even just gets you up in the morning because you have this like little animal to care for. So I just oh, think they're great, do. definitely. And I really, really hope you just are enjoying your time with them because it's yeah. really special. Thank you. Um, so to get into today's topic, um, we are talking about poverty and food banks and your work with the larder. And I am rapidly thinking of a title for this episode, so we'll discuss that later. But um, what is it that you actually do? What and what specifically does the larder do? Could you give us sort of a little like bio of what your job sort of entails? Yeah. Um, well, since being there, my job has really um, changed. The Larder and the St. Christopher's community that exists um, was a faith community. And I was looking after both the faith community and the work of the Larder as a food bank. Um, but over the past four or five years, things have really changed in that the the food bank itself, it was just increasing in usage and it was taking up more and more of my time so um my focus has slightly shifted away from um the faith community that gathers and more on to the work of the larder and what we're doing there uh, so it has for the past oh 10 12 years existed as a food bank um, where people could come and um, were referred by agencies here working in the east belfast area um, and people could come and make take make access or make use of the food bank. Um, they would get bags when they arrived, and they were able to go in and then select from the groceries that were available on the shelf. Um, and initially, it was for four um, four visits, um, but it has been a long time since that really has mm-hmm. not been functioning for us. In that, people are just more and more relying on the food bank. Um, to manage um, and so they're constantly with us on an ongoing basis um, so it was because of that then that we had to reassess what we were doing and we spent a lot of time um, chatting realizing that people's situations weren't changing realizing that we were now in quite a um, a difficult space for people who were experiencing poverty um, that instead of there being any signs of improvement in their situations, things were just getting worse and worse and worse. And I suppose it was exacerbated by lockdown and by COVID and all of those sorts of things. Um, but we decided that actually we needed to we needed to function better. We needed to function differently. Um, so more recently, we have opened our doors. We closed the doors on the food bank and have opened our doors um, as a, well, some people would call it a social supermarket. Um, We like to think of it, I suppose, more of as a community food hub, or we haven't quite worked our terminology yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're just really conscious that there's like a two-tier food system exists in the world, and we're trying to find ways to shift that narrative. We're also trying to find ways um, whereby we reduce the the power imbalance that exists between those people who are donating towards food banks and those people who have had to make use of food banks. Um, And there's just all of those issues have kind of come together at once. And we are now in the process process of exploring what it looks like moving forward 
um, for everyone in East Belfast to have access to good, healthy food in a way that is good for our community and good for the environment. Um, you know, and, and, you know, addresses many of those kind of needs and issues. No, that is really, really great. And I just think like, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but how, you know, the larder is just doing like, it's doing similar things that the, like the food banks were, but just in a different way. And c- could you explain to us the, the difference between a food bank and a social supermarket or like a community food hub, whatever your name, the name is that you've come to? And like, what are the benefits of a social supermarket over a food bank? Because I think obviously food banks are great and people are great to be donating to them, but there's just some more ethical ways to go about it. Yeah, well, there is um, a food bank in its very rawest form is basically somewhere that people can go to get free food. Um, generally, they are referred by other agencies, um, but there are food banks who will make their own referrals or somewhere people can refer themselves to. Um, and yeah, basically, they have access to to free food and primarily it is um non um oh i've forgotten the name of it <laughs> i've forgotten what that's called non-perishable that's it non-perishable foods and um, so things in tins um you know things that will go off that will last um you know a good while pasta rice those kinds of things um and so it can be quite a basic um list of goods that you get um the f- social supermarket um and again, there are different ways of doing it. And um, there are social supermarkets funded in Northern Ireland by um, the Department for Communities. And it does set, they do tend to have to have quite a strict criteria for making use of them, um, including a wraparound service of other um, schemes like job clubs and um, debt advice, um, healthy eating, you know, all, all of those things. Um, but there are other social supermarkets that exist um, with less of a criteria, which exists within a community and invite people to come along and, um, you know, join as members. So we are operating as a, a membership model. So we have invited people to come, those who maybe were using us as a food bank, to become members at a cost of five pounds for the year. Um, but as part of that membership fee, um, they we've we've introduced um, laundry eggs. I don't know if anyone knows what a laundry egg is, but it's um, an environmentally friendly way of doing laundry. Um, it comes in a it looks like an egg. It's plastic, um, and you get refills for it. So um, when people join, they get one of these laundry eggs, which will last them for seventy washes. So a much cheaper than um, using your soap powder, mm-hmm. um, more environmentally friendly, um, and they'll be able to refill those eggs with us as time goes on. Um, they also get produce bags um, for the fresh fruit and veg that we have available in the larder. Um, and they will also have access to like a, a whole program of events throughout the year. Um, and they could be things like um, community meals. It could be um open mic nights um there'll be fitness classes there's going to be um cookery demonstrations um conversations around uh, how to use make the most of your leftover food product produce all, all of those kinds of things 
Um, so those are those are models that we're kind of our we're um, a program that we're sort of creating and implementing as we go forward, where we maybe differ from other social supermarkets in the biggest way is that alongside this, so we have two membership models. Um, we have Samson membership and Goliath membership. So just a little nod to the Koreans in East Belfast. <laughs> um, and again, that was important because the language that we use has to reflect, um, a, you know, an, an equality and um, re- remove us from any notion that there are people um, who are donating or givers or offering more and that there are others who are having to receive. Uh, um, and so the language of, we, we try to keep language very neutral. So Samson and Goliath mean nothing more than the fact that there are two Koreans in the area, mm-hmm. but they help us dis- distinguish between two forms of membership. One would be for those people who are experiencing poverty at the moment and are looking to maximize their budgets by uh, coming to us to um, become a member and get their food. And the second one is Goliath membership, which hasn't launched yet, um, but we hope to launch the next couple of months or so. And that's where people who can afford to shop locally and shop in their own supermarkets um, might want to come and join us um, at a, a, a more expensive membership fee. But then they will have access to coming to purchase items for us from our zero zero waste kind of ethically sourced as best we can a range of goods so we have a gravity feed dispenser we're all we're getting ourselves set up so that people can come and get um some of their staples from us and they will pay um what those those items genuinely would cost and then we'll help by putting some of that money back into the work of the larder so it kind of um we'll use the money that we make on that um, to support the work um, that we do elsewhere. Now, those people that are coming to us as Goliath members will only have access to that um, ethically sourced zero waste kind of produce. And the others then, people who have been using us as Samson members, have access to everything that we have in the larder, including that zero waste, waste produce. Um, larder opening times will be the same for both those um categories of membership um, they will have both access to all the other membership perks around the the program of events that are happening and getting involved in other things um, and yeah so the plan is then that you reduce this them and us thing that yeah. exists we try to create a program that will allow um, people to um, use their gifts and abilities no matter what that is and so that there's a um, people are able to volunteer to um, to take part in what's happening. They are, you know, they're all members together. So it removes a little bit of the stigma and the idea that um, one form of membership is better than another. You know, yeah. both have ways of um, getting involved and being included and using gifts and abilities and offering what they have. So. That's the plan. We're not there yet, but we're kind of, that is the direction that we're moving in. It really reminds me of an, another episode I did um, called The Poor Not Helpless. And I did that with Moses Kamau, who is working with Urban Impact in Kenya. 
and his the entire ethos of urban impact is people bringing the gifts and the skills that they have in and you know being taught new skills being offered things that they can then use in their lives to make profit and to help their families and I just think it's really wonderful that what the larder is doing is enabling people to learn different I mean learn cooking skills and be part of a community and it, even for like such a cheap price sort of for five pounds a year they are getting all the getting food and um, fresh produce things that they can use to help their families and they are part of this community which is why I think the food community hub is actually a really great name for it because it is just so much more than a social supermarket it is something that is empowering and enabling people to get on with their lives and to maximize you know their potential and I absolutely love the idea of the Samson and Goliath memberships I think that I mean even it's just great for the environment you know being able to buy these zero waste products but also that the money is going back into you know what the larder does and what the larder stands for and it is sort of breaking that barrier between you know the people who have less money and the people who have more money and bring them together as one community so I just love everything about that I think it is so brilliant um have you like seen an increase in the number of people using the larder since Covid has it you know has been different even the way that you've had to go about things and even I'm going to combine two questions in the one but how did the larder help people during lockdown you know how or the pandemic like how how do you go about that? Yeah so um before lockdown we would have seen around 40 um, families or individuals every week coming to make use of us um, and then lockdown happened and I, thought, I suppose things did go a bit um, crazy for a bit and during lockdown we were handing out 120 between 120 and 150 food parcels every week um, and we switched to a delivery model we had you know we had delivery drivers going out um, and taking that right around um, East Belfast um, but then as soon as we could, we reopened um, to allow people to come to us um, because th there was a sense that people were becoming very isolated apart from anything else. And um, we felt it was important to return to normal as quickly as possible. So as soon as we could, we were able to open our doors again. And for a while, people would have come and received parcels um, at the door. Um, and then when things shifted again, they were able to come inside and start shopping as they would have done previously and, you know, been able to choose their own um, items. So after lockdown, then we're now settled, I think, um, at around 60 to 70 um, visits per week. Um, but this is, it is like an a picture that just keeps climbing it's not going down it is just um climbing and we would have certainly have a membership of in the region of 120 130 people at the moment and um, they don't necessarily use us every week um some people do but um there's in around 60 or 70 kind of actual visits to the food bank every week now um, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Keep, keep referring back. It's not a food bank, um, <laughs> but the larder. Um, so, yeah, it, it, we, we definitely have seen an increase and continue to see an increase um, and continue to see um, probably a little more uh, panic with people. So it, it is a constant. Um, well, people would have often asked us for help with um, electric and gas and things. And sometimes we could and sometimes we couldn't help them. But it would have been a one off. 
Um, in the last wee while, the numbers of people asking for help with that are increasing. And the terrible thing is that you kind of know you'll give some this week and where, what are they going to do next week? Um, you know, people's um, electricity and gas meters are running out and what would have lasted them maybe a fortnight are starting to run out in days now. Um, and this is the middle of the summer. So there are huge issues being expected down. You know, we're already having issues now. Um, there is a lot of concern really about what that's going to look like in the colder weather um, and how we're going to sustain um, the, the level of support that's going to be needed for people. Yeah, I think it's like the whole issue with the, the cost of living is rising so much and there are a lot of fears among a lot of most people of how, you know, how we're actually going to get by in the winter. And I just, it's the problems have changed, I think, even since the pandemic like people's problems have just changed that everything is new you know it's like the new normal and I'm just I'm really praying for you going through that that you know that you are able to bring the support that you need that people need but also you know have the resources to do so because I think it's just such a difficult thing and the work that you're doing is really great um I know that during the pandemic um the, there was like the government gave some sort of like a 20 point increase um to people living in poverty um that they put in place during lockdown but they've recently removed that i don't know too much about it but i'm sure you do how has this affected people in some ways yeah well uh, yes i mean i'm thinking back now and so benefits have pretty much remained frozen um over the past number of years um so they haven't increased in the line with the line in line with inflation um then there was the 20 pounds um you know uplift that was given during the pandemic which i don't think it's too cynical to say i think it probably is exactly why it happened was that um you know suddenly the government would know they'd be found out there'd be people going on to um universal credit and benefits that would never have um been on them before um and the realization that how poor you know and how bad they were um would have come so sort of shocked to everybody so yeah that, that was a big I mean the 20 pounds a week you don't think it's a lot but actually it's a big help to families on very low incomes and then the removal of that um is in effect you know a like a an, a decrease in um the benefits that are there um and with inflation rising at the rate it is it is disproportionately affecting you know the poorest in society um Jack Monroe, who um, writes under the um, bootstrap chef, bootstrap cook, I think she calls herself. Um, she has come from the background of having used a food bank herself. And she does the um, a, the real sort of inflation for um, people in, you know, experiencing poverty and the cost of inflation to them. And she monitors the prices Um and she's called, she's asking for help to launch the Vim's Boots Index, I think they call it, Vim's Boots, based on the Terry Pratchett character who described how, um, you know, the wealthy always get the benefit of, yeah. Um, so if you buy yourself a pair of cheap boots, you'll have to replace those boots 
you know, over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Therefore, the poor pay more and more and more and more. Whereas if you're somebody who can buy one really good pair of boots, those boots will last you for years. Um, and it's that sort of strange thing that goes on that actually the wealthy can afford to save money and to find ways of saving money all the time, whereas the poor have no options to saving yeah. money. It's everything's more expensive. So um, she um, was looking at all the um, inflation costs. And, you know, when you actually look at it in the supermarket, a lot of the really the cheap, um, low cost budget lines in supermarkets uh, for a start were being removed. So what used to there used to be, I don't know, X amount of lines in the cheap um supermarkets and now they've reduced that down and down and down so that people are being forced to go up um a level and so i mean inflation for some of the poorest in our community is running at you know hundreds of percent yeah. <laughs> you know not just nine or 13 percent as they reckon it's going to go up to but in the actual reality for people in very low incomes it's like it's very very yet very difficult for them to manage um, so there, there's just there's a huge problem for the government to tackle. And as you know, I mean, we're sitting here with nobody in Stormont. You know, it's not sit, sitting. There is money tied up there that needs to be got out to community groups that can't go anywhere. Um, there's the 400 pounds that has been promised for um, the fuel payments, um, extra fuel payments for everybody. But there's no mechanism for being able to get that two people in Northern Ireland. I mean, there's just a whole list of issues that are going on um, that are just aggravated for us um, in this part of the UK. Um, but yeah, it's not, I mean, it's been a long time since the benefit system has been there as a safety net for people. Um, universal credit um, meant that it became much more punitive. People would get punished for missing appointments. Um, for being late uh, for all sorts of reasons. Um, and there seems to be no consideration given to the fact that actually when you experience poverty and you're living in that um, space, that life can be particularly difficult and exhausting and mentally draining um, and just sometimes makes day-to-day -day living difficult, you know, um, so there are lots of challenges out there and the, it just shows how short-sighted and how, um, yeah, how punitive the system is that at a time like this, the government would have taken another 20 pounds off people, you know. It's just, I think the whole pandemic sort of brought to light a lot of issues um, in society that I think the government hadn't realised or had been pushing down Um and a lot of that was, yeah, it was brought to light. And I think of what the government did bringing in this £20, you know, uplift was seen as this great thing, but it was actually just the bare minimum because it wasn't tackling any of the issues on a human level. It wasn't going in and actually fixing the problems that caused the poverty. It was just sort of giving a little, a little bit of help, you know, that was a short-term solution and it wasn't going to be helpful. And just the removal of it is... A confusing thing that I don't think anyone will know why but I just think that those those solutions were so short term and it's just I it, it is just a confusing thing for me to think about um 
I think you, obviously you know um, through the work of the larder that what the larder is actually doing is going in and fixing these problems or helping to fix these problems from the get-go and stopping them and there's different organizations like Christians Against Poverty, CAP um, and other you know charities that are helping to fix these from the root which is really great but what can you know people who want to help the work of the larder do um you know to support the work that you're doing yeah well I mean obviously we do require um you know charitable donations to survive I mean that is important but more importantly I think going forward we need to start putting food banks out of business. Um, We need to be thinking differently about where our food comes from. We need to be, um, yeah, we we can't just keep doing the same old things. So I would implore people to educate themselves. I mean, the world, you've already said, the world is changing. Um, We can't go back to the way we were. We can't just keep doing the same things that we did before. We need to demand um, our politicians and our governments and our local councillors to think differently, to think outside the box, to think long term. Um, I mean, it's clear we're not going to have a planet to live on apart from anything else if we don't get our acts together. So I I think we need to be looking at, um, first of all, we need to debunk the myth that um, growth is the way forward for an economy. Um, we need it is not the best way to decide on whether a society is successful or not economic growth is a very poor indicator of that and is just not viable long term can't continue won't continue don't have enough planets to make it happen so we've got to get that out of our heads and it's up to us as um you know as citizens of northern ireland to be thinking well what 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 does that look like what am i prepared to give up in order that um, we can, you know, we, we have a planet to give to our children. Um, what am I prepared to give up so that, you know, next year is not hotter again than this year. And, you know, we don't have more rainfall and, you know, we can still, um, our farmers can, um, you know, farm efficiently and you know, all of that. So we, we need to take responsibility for demanding better from our um, local elected representatives. Um, Some of the things we can do is about thinking more local. So what about purchasing locally in our own communities from small traders, um, you know, moving away from the big supermarkets? I mean, it's really what that can do for a community when we start to actually purchase from those around us is enormous. It keeps money in an area. It keeps an area growing and developing, um, and it it puts the power back into the local community and local people. Um, we can think about the waste, um, our our own food waste, and about, um, you know, things that are better for the planet. Um, I mean, all of those things work together. It, these aren't separate issues. These are all important. Um, by caring for the planet, we care for each other. Um, by caring for each other, um, we all participate in a world that ultimately is a is a better space to live in. Mm. Um, you know, as a as a Christian, I 
think we're we're called. I mean, Jesus has called us to be incredibly radical um, in how we do things, and he calls us to um, look at the systems and the organisations and the um, institutions that are in place, um, and to question what they're doing and to challenge challenge them when they're getting it wrong. Um, so I, I just think. Um, yeah, that's that's what we need. I mean, yes, certainly give us more, um, you know, donate um, and help out that way. And it's very much appreciated. But what we really need to do is to stop a system and to change a system that is entirely broken and is not going to get fixed by sticking plasters all over it. We need to just change how we do things. So it's about educating ourselves to think differently. Um, and knowing that there are other ways around out there, there are so many different ways we could be running society and running. Um, but and start and start local, you know, shop in your local area. Think about think if you know foods that are in season um, think about growing vegetables in your own back garden and sharing with your friends. Think about another way of, um, you know, a, another kind of food economy um, and get involved. That's really, really great. Thank you so much. Because I think um, what people maybe fail to understand or what people, you know, haven't even heard is that, you know, it actually is a, a thing that we can all do to help out. It's like the Larder is a brilliant organization and it's doing amazing things, but the Larder, Larder is one organization. It's, you know, one charity, but everyone actually has a role to play. And unless, you know, we all maybe do the little things in our lives and it doesn't even take too much, you know, it does take sacrifice, but like, isn't it worth it? You know, it does. There's just little things we can do in our lives to bring that help that people need. And I think even like even a very small thing that I was thinking of there is like just shop like thoughtfully, like as you're shopping, like, you know, you don't have to overconsume because it's just, you know, in an ethical way and then like an environmental way, that's one thing you could do. But, you know, there's so many, so, so many different things, but educating yourself is the very beginning of it. And I think people sort of aren't um, accustomed to hearing about like the poverty in Northern Ireland, because obviously we think about the poverty overseas and, you know, developing nations or whatever but it's like that we also have poverty here and it is very stark and it is very real and just educating yourself on that and why it's happening and how we can help is the best thing you can do so thank you so much for sharing that with us and just thank you for being here this has been such a great episode and I'm so glad this is our first episode back because I know it's just going to help so many people um and we did we are under time now for some reason which I didn't think there was we got like it's like counting us down to the end but I think we fit everything in perfectly and I just thank you so much it's been an absolute blessing to have you here oh Todd thank you Ayanna it's been really so good for you to have me um is there anywhere that we can find the larder um or different things on social media or on the internet that I can sort of link below yeah, um, we are on Instagram, Facebook um, at the Larder Belfast, and um, we will be getting a website, a web page up and running fairly soon, but it'll be um, thelarderbelfast.com. Thank you so much. And to anyone who's listening, just go out and check out their social media pages um, and be able to just see the work of the Larder because it is absolutely brilliant. But thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next time. <laughs>